What's up? My name is Alex Terranova. I am the host of the Dream Mason podcast. Welcome. We started this in 2017 because we wanted to highlight the journey of Dream Masons. There's a Dream Mason in all of us. A Dream Mason is someone who is awake to their dreams and driven by the passion, the purpose, and the desire to turn that dream into reality. We interview athletes, gold medalists, Super Bowl champions, artists, creatives, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs, spiritual leaders, and everyone in between. And sometimes we even walk them through challenges that they're currently facing. So depending on whether you're catching this as a regular interview or a playing with problems segment, there is something for you, whether you're at the peak of your journey, at the low point of your journey. I look forward to having you join me on this journey. And I hope that this show helps you unleash your inner Dream Mason. What's up? And welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I am excited. This is the first of a series of interviews or conversations that I'm going to be doing. And when I say the first of a series, uh, it's not anything not anything different than what we do, but it's it's in the spirit of having people that have been on this podcast, some of my favorite guests. And when I say favorite, I can't just be saying it. It has to be true because I'm putting them in a book. Um, so I must have really liked them, right? Because we've done over 200 episodes. I had to narrow it down to, it's not 100, it's a little less than 100 to create a book. I'm going to show you if you're watching, you can see a draft of it right on the screen. It's called How Dreams Are Built. We are in the final stages of the editing process, just trying to kind of clean it up, get it together. Um, and basically this book, How Dreams Are Built, is a compilation of it's like the greatest hits of the Dream Mason podcast. So we went through and we picked our favorite guests. We picked our favorite moments. We picked the, the brilliance that they brought and we're putting it into book form. So imagine, right, if you, wanted, if you wanted to get all the wisdom of the Dream Mason podcast, you're gonna have to listen to hundreds and hundreds of hours of podcasts. Who's got time for that? But you could pick up this book. It's like 400 pages and you could flip to Oh, maybe Al Russ and learn about confidence, or you could flip to Robert Mack and learn about happiness, um, and really just get the like the 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 snapshots or the highlight reel of their wisdom and their brilliance. And some of them contributed, you know, additional writings to the book. I write a little bit about each person in the book. So part of this is I'm asking people that are in the book to come back on, share about where they're at now. Let's talk a little bit about how they are building their dreams or how they built their dreams or how they've helped other people build their dreams. And Elle is one of the first people that is coming back on to do this with me. Um, let me tell you a little about her. So if you didn't hear her the first time on my podcast, which was probably, oh God, had to be probably at least three years ago, two, two three years ago. Um, she's signaling that to me <laughs> through the camera. Um, she is the host of the Elle Russ Show. She is a coach, a women's coach, a health coach, a life coach, a confidence coach. She's a best-selling author. She wrote the book, The Paleothyroid Solution. And then I love this one, Confident as Fuck. She's also been the host of many other podcasts. Elle, thanks for being here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And uh, I was just telling Alex yesterday because I interviewed him again for, I think now the second or third time in life. Uh, one of my favorite fellow coaches to talk to. I love our conversations and also congratulations. It is quite a big feat to execute writing a book. And I just hope someone's sitting on a toilet someday and flips through the L. Russ section and gets motivated. <laughs> like, like, it seems like the perfect bathroom book a little bit. It's like, hey, you know, let me just pick up one, uh, you know, today <laughs> and the list. 
Um, so I'm really happy to be here and hopefully inspire, motivate everyone uh, listening because, you know, like a lot of people, I had a, some tough journeys and some roadblocks there. And if I can do it, anyone else can. So mm -hmm. I love this is why you're one of my favorite people. You are bold and authentic. You say it exactly how you mean it. And I love how you your speaking just occurs uh, perfectly natural and authentic to you that right a lot of us like clean up our speech or we talk in a certain way so that it like is safer and one of the things i'm really big on is hey we got to speak our truth and the way we speak our truth speaks to what our truth is it's not just the language we use it's the being and how we say it and so much of yours is just it feels like arrows like when you talk i feel like arrows are getting shot not in like a violent way but just in a, there's an arrow being shot at a target and you're going to make sure it hits the target. Thank you. I, listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of direct communication, you know, and I think anyone even hearing me for a few seconds can go, okay, she tells it like it is. Um, this is, and we've talked about this. This is the key to relationships. This is the key to leadership. This is the key to everything. You have to be able to speak up, be authentic. So agreed. You know, here's the funny, I will like interview someone that I know well, like, you know, like you or another fellow coach that I know, and then they'll send me something of theirs that's like a recorded thing. And it somehow sounds manufactured. And you're like, why don't you sound like you all of a sudden? Hold on a minute. You wouldn't talk to me like that. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's important if you're moving forward as an entrepreneur or someone that has to be forward facing in this world, be the best of whoever you are in your personality. My vibe of who I am totally comes through when I speak. And that might not be right for everyone. That's okay. But a lot of people love it. Maybe I'm too direct for others, you know, just like you. Uh, you might read a self-help book written by one author you really resonate. And, you know, you hate the guy who wrote another book and says kind of the same thing, but you just don't like the way he says it. So, um, but I do think, you know, the authenticity shines through. And I will say this, you know, I've been podcasting for like eight years now. I've interviewed so many people. I've interviewed people where I am practically in tears from being bored. I can't. You know, I can barely get, get through it. But here's the thing. Some of those people have millions of followers, okay? Yeah. There's someone for everyone. So don't think if you're out there and you want to be doing stuff like Alex and I are doing, that you need to be us or our types of personalities, right? I, I can tell you right now, if you're giving out information with authenticity and integrity, people will come. I'm curious, did you ever have to kind of try other or styles like I know I did I when I started coaching I'd come from the restaurant and bar industry it was it was debauchery in that world right and so when I started coaching while I was running businesses some of my mentors that trained me and I spent a lot of time training were like hey you need to kind of clean up your look a little bit you have tattoos you need to like maybe cover those up put on a button-up shirt and at first I really pushed that away I was like no no that's not me and it was and what they got me to see was I didn't even know what me was because I hadn't actually tried that. And so I spent time, I actually had my brother take me to a clothing store. My brother loves fashion. And he put me like in all these like J crew and like banana Republic, like very like clean cut. But I spent a year kind of embracing that. And I had to find my way back to not like my own look or my own style simply from rejection, but because I actually navigated other waters. And I think a lot of us don't do that because we're like, no, that I know who I am. And sometimes we don't know who we are until we know who we're not. Did you ever have like that where you had to like kind of find yourself by trying things that, that you found out weren't you? You know, that is, that's a good one. And I think a lot of people probably do go through that. I think more of my story is that I had to go through so many different um, 
industries and things in life as I was growing. I think uh, maybe I'll get back to that question in one second, but what comes to mind is um, what I think people struggle with and I had moments of is detaching from the story of I'm going to go do this now and then you're in it and something shifts and it's hard to admit that you are leaving something and going to another. I don't care if that's a job. Like, for example, I, um, uh, we can talk more in depth about this, but one of my biggest nightmares in life was at the age of 22, my hands and arms got permanently disabled. Still to this day, I'm like rated 40% disabled by the state of California. And um, I had, you know, a lot of shame about this, a lot of issues. Um, and so I had to use my voice. I became uh, at the time, there was no social media. So I was like, I got to go to acting school, become an actor. I mean, you know, I got a newscaster, whatever I can do, but I got to use my voice. And there were no YouTube channels or podcasts at the time where I just would have done it on my own. And so I went into pursuing acting and all of that stuff and comedy, and it was great. And I loved it. I still love it to this day and uh, some of the best experiences of my life. But as I was performing, I became a writer. I started writing a lot of sketch comedy, started writing screenplays, and then I kind of was floating into becoming a writer. And I was like, no, 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 wait, wait. No, hold on. I, I, but I'm an actor too. But I, and I just had, you know, and so I think a lot of people have trouble with detaching from something they claimed that they were going to do. And if it didn't work out and, or they had to go another way, because the truth is that I wanted to go into writing. I mean, I kind of wanted to do both. I still do occasionally go for an audition, but my focus is really being a speaker and a coach and what I do in life. And so I had to kind of, and then when it came to writing a health book, I was like, I, that's, I don't, I don't want to be a health person that. Again, there were all these, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I think yeah. people have a hard time detaching from something they've declared themselves to be because they are too worried about what other people are going to think of the move that they make. Then they never make any freaking moves. And yeah. so I think that that was a little bit tougher than me having to try to be somebody. It was moving through these, the, the, the journey of where I was supposed to go. And by the way, all of those things back then led to me being great at what I do now. Uh, you know, the acting and the speaking and all of the stuff that I did that I no longer am super passionate about like I am what I'm doing now, but it absolutely set the baseline and the platform for me to be great at what I do. So it was helpful. And that's the other thing too, is you don't know where one thing is going to land you. So you try to lock yourself in. I'm an actor, I'm a writer, I'm a coach or whatever it is. And if something comes up, pivot, muffos, pivot, because there's gems there. And, and it's that detachment in between those things that I think has been rough for me. Like, but wait, what am I? I don't want to be this now. I used to be this. Well, I don't. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we get really attached to our own story, right? And my story was people that wear suits are boring. They're like buttoned up and stuffy. When they get to be 40, they get fat and bald and their relationships fall apart. And they're like stressed out all the time. And all they care about is money. Well, that is true. Sure, there are those people that exist like that, but there are also badass people that wear super fun, wild people that put on a suit and because they like it, right? It's not even that they have to. They actually, I think that even blows my mind that there's people that like, like wearing a suit. And that was, I think, part of what you're saying. It's like, hey, we have to identify our stories, but also other people's stories that were maybe disempowering us about it and then give us the opportunity. I love the... Oh, wait, actually, yeah. let me interject here. I, yeah, yeah. I got one. You said corporate. So when I first started after college, I was in the corporate world. I was a yeah. badass. I made six figures and I wore an Armani suit every day. The weird change for me was the opposite, was going into then like having my arms stable, becoming an actor. And like, I didn't even know how to dress for like an mm. audition. Like my first audition, I was like all professional and I'm like, I'm like 20 something years old. And I remember casting director was like, 
you're not in a not like <laughs> I can wear jeans and a t-shirt. I had to, and I was very professional. I'd come yeah. in and be very serious. And the casting directors were like, you know, you need to come in and like smile. Yeah. I was just so used to being like, hello, you know, very corporate. So that was a weird shift of me trying to find like, what do I wear now? I don't even know what my style is or mm-hmm. I don't even have casual clothes. Like, so that was a weird transition. And I see, I see all of what you were saying in this and the pivoting as like the ability to say yes, because when we say yes, it's like we open up and things, new things become available because we don't know what's going to happen, right? If you said to me, Hey, drive up to LA right now, let's go. We're going to, I'm going to take you on. I'm going to go show you this really cool place. I have no idea that something's going to happen, right? All we know is something's going to happen because I say yes. If I say no, well, what we know what's going to happen is my life is going to continue exactly the way it is, right? I'm going to stay here. I'm going to do whatever I was going to do. And I think about that, whether you're um, trying something new or, or changing or, or getting rid of an old story or stepping out of, whether it doesn't, the clothes you wear, or the industry, but saying yes to, oh, wait, I might try writing now, or I'm going to try acting now. And I can always come back. I can always go, oh, wow, that didn't, thing didn't work for me. I didn't like it. But if I say no, I never find out what's actually possible. Well, yeah. And I tell people, they go, well, but I want to try that. But then like, what if it doesn't work out? And I say, well, then you're exactly where you are right now. And just the, the... Now, the other thing, uh, too, aside from like saying yes and accepting, I'm also like, <laughs> step up and ask. My, my life is literally the story of never hurts to ask. Never hurts to ask. Almost every single time I have asked, I've gotten a yes. Maybe there's been a few no's, but mm. then guess what? I didn't lose anything. Yeah. You know? So instead of even waiting for yeses, yes, say the yeses when you have offers and da-da-da-da. But then also you need to go out and get the yeses too. And I think that, you know, I just did a solo episode recently on self-promotion. This is something that really holds people back. This is the name of any fucking game in life. I don't care if you're a painter. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Sit at home, hope people come to your house? Now you can hide. Now you can hide behind social media a bit and post your, you know, photos on Instagram. You don't have to walk into a gallery uh, like you did in 1989 and go, "Hi, I'd like to show you my stuff." But you got to put yourself out there. And some people go, "Ah, that's gross." But I'd like to people people to get away from that awkwardness and start to think about self promotion. Is I'm just sharing an idea with. I'm just sharing with you the idea that I'd like to share with people, right? I'm just sharing with you the stuff I want to share my paintings, my music, whatever it is. So, um, and, and of course that all has to do with confidence. Um, but that is the other side of a yes is going to get them too. If that makes sense. It totally does. So here, I want to ask you more about that. So there's a, let's forget about the, the conversation of where you're posting, like, or where you're sharing from, right? Some people fall into ego. Let's just say, we say, Hey, anytime you're trying to get yourself out there, it's a good thing. Right. And you can, you can do it in many different ways. What I notice for me personally is I get attached. So if I'm out there sharing and it doesn't go well, then it, the, the ripples come back and I'm like, it lets, it impacts me, right? It makes me bummed out. It makes me sad. It doesn't have me stop doing it, but it does, at times it does have me get resigned or like, uh, social media, this never works for that. How do you... And I think then it just makes it, I have to climb back up that hill again, because I'm not going to stop, but it does kind of like beat me up a little. What would you say to people who, who are like that, like me, who they will put themselves out there, but every time they get rejected, it's like, they got to start all over again and climb back up. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll use a really great example of dating. 
So a woman once said to me, she was like 55 years old and she was like, I'm really, really discouraged about this online dating. Like I'm getting lots of rejections. And I said, well, what do you mean by rejections? And she said, well, you know, I'm emailing a bunch of guys and then like they don't email me back. And it's like, you know, it feels shitty. It's rejection. And I said, what if you found out that all of the people that you emailed were A, not the photo they posted, B, beat their last wife, C, were a fucking drug addict in the dust? Would you be so rejected then? Or would you feel like you dodged a bullet? Of course, her answer was, well, of course, I feel like I dodged a bullet. Now, I just want to break down what happened in the, her mind in this situation. She's allowing her projection of what she thinks someone else thinks of her. Okay, let me repeat that. She's projecting what she thinks someone else might think of her and allowing it to make herself feel less than. That's actually insane. That's, that's insane. We've got to get away from that. We have to, and, and it is only by breaking it down like that. So think about that scenario where she's allowing herself to feel bad. And meanwhile, all the guys that maybe had emailed her back were like horrible, just got back with her ex-wife, you know, cheaters, whatever. And yet she's still simmering in this. And it's not even what they actually really think of her. It's what she thinks they might think of her. So uh, we have to get away from this. I mean, everyone's heard the thing like what anyone's opinion of you is none of your business. Right. And let me just kind of side note on social media. Some of the most successful people that I know that make a shitload of money have very minimal followers, okay? Email lists are really what actually can do it for people. So if you're focused on that, I'm not saying you shouldn't be focused on getting followers on social media, but that is not reflective. Um, for example, I know someone who makes $250,000 a year doing a blog. She does nothing else, okay? Like she doesn't do coaching, whatever. Maybe she's got only 8,000 people on her email list and maybe only 10,000 social media followers. So if you looked at that profile, you might not think, you know, but she's doing way better than half the coaches with 100K followers. So what do things mean? They only mean what we put on them. And so, for example, if someone doesn't like it or you get a review of a book that's bad or whatever, I look at it like, how do I feel about it, though? You know, and did I help at least one person? So I don't care about 20, 50 likes. I care about the person that emails me. I'm like, I'm in tears because you just saved my life. I listened to a podcast. I got my blood tested. I fixed my thyroid problem and I feel fucking great. That's all I need is that. Then I know I'm doing my job. So, you know, if you're getting some great feedback, awesome. If you're getting all horrible feedback, look, maybe you need to just constructive criticism yourself and go, what do I need to work on? Like, for example, I've been interviewing forever. I just spoke really fast. Sometimes I talk too fast. And that's a note I have to give myself. <laughs> I don't beat myself up about it when I hear a podcast I'm on and I go, ah, shit, I too much on that one. Or, you know, maybe I'm talking about thyroid in an interview on thyroid health and I realize I'm too business about it and I don't share my personal experience of how it happened to me, which would have made it a better interview. I don't beat myself up for that. You know why? Because confidence in an ancestral primal way is just feedback. Failure is feedback. Our ancestors, our hunter-gatherer ancestors did not have time to wallow in victimhood. Can you imagine, Alex, if, can you imagine like Bob out there in the wilderness, didn't, they didn't catch the beast they wanted and he's sitting there crying and asks another hunter-gatherer, do you think I should like hunt anymore? I don't know. I think I'm like bad at it. I don't know. Oh my God death, right? No, onward and upward. They forged ahead. They might have been disappointed, but the difference is, is they didn't wallow in self-pity. They moved ahead because in that world, in the hunter-gatherer ancestor world, it was survival. That would have been death. Victim mentality would have been recipe. 
and crying by the tainted waterhole. Come on, Joe, we got to go, man. All right, we're leaving you here. You know, so we need to get a little bit back to that primal perspective of failure being feedback. And that is also how confident people take failure. So a failure or a rejection could be that. It's just feedback. Is it feedback that you're terrible? No. Is it feedback that maybe you need to change something? If you keep getting bad reviews, you never get a producer that sends you to a, a casting director that sends you to a producer and you've had 50 auditions. Maybe you need to get some acting classes, right? But there are also other benchmarks. You and I are in a industry that does not have defined benchmarks, like a lawyer. You get in, you know what you have to do to make partner. We have no benchmarks. This is all open. It's an open road. And so it's a little scarier because it's unknown. And the feedback isn't as concrete from where we would get it. There's no performance review from a boss. It's like our performance review from ourselves. So I like people to just take a look at, you know, failure being feedback, wallowing in self-pity is a modern luxury. It is a modern luxury. And that's where we need to get back to looking at that perspective. So I know that was a long tirade on rejection, including the dating example. But again, Incredible. it's often us just projecting what we think other people might uh, think of us. It's not even what they actually think of us. This is one of the reasons I, I love talking to you. I think that one of my favorite things about myself is metaphor, coming up with things on the spot, like telling stories in unique ways. And you're one of the few people who I'm like, man, it's, I'm so glad this isn't a battle because you just crushed me in that. Um, and not from right, not, it's not a competition, but I love yeah. that as you're telling that story about our, about ancestors, this met, this made up story, right? I know you're, you're going to write more books. You should write a, a cartoon style book with <laughs> our, our like ancestors acting how we act in those type of situations. I just saw totally two, you know, two, two warriors out in the field. And having that conversation in like a kind of New York, what New York uh, magazine style comic. Yeah. Um, but but, it, but we really do have to like look at that because here's the thing. We yeah. we have the modern luxuries that put us out of constant survival. So now we have all this extra time, right? Because we're not you're not worried about hunting every day. And I'm not worried about building a lean to in the woods for the kids. And, you know, we've got. uh you know, urgent care and all sorts of other things that are 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 are, are wonderful. Um, but we have gotten away from the failures feedback. So confidence and self-esteem essentially, because they're linked, is it's inherent. Okay. It's absolutely inherent. We lose it along the way. It gets chipped away when your second grade teacher tells you a loser, your parents tell you whatever, along the way it gets chipped at, you get bullied in school. But if you've noticed anyone's been around a kid, unless they're beaten directly out of the you know womb, kids are like, no, give me that, crying. They're like, they're just declaring. They're confident. They're just like, give it to me. They're just dominant. And that is inherent within us, and then we lose it. On the other side of it, too, all of the things I'm talking about are to gain a really high level of self-esteem and confidence is literally just the sum of the thoughts you think and the actions you take. Those two things are changeable, as you know, as a coach. So when people are like, I don't have it in me, Elle, you were born with it. It's not the case. There are amazing 180s oh. in this arena. Yeah. yeah. And even, even, you know, what I shared with you earlier, this experience that I've had where self-love is the hardest thing for me. And, and you were sharing, right? Like, hey, that's, that's not hard for me. And one, and so 
Well, well I'll, I'll caveat. I wasn't, yeah. I had an area and this is where I talk about in my book because I was confident in all these other areas. But if you have a, a bad hole in one of them, it's going to seep into the rest. And sure. mine was that I, I had this horrible shame about my physical disability. So how did that mess with me, my worth in romantic relationships mm. where other people, their lack of confidence might affect them in work or something else. So I, I was not affected in all these areas. But that was the area that I realized I had, I had, man, I shed so many tears over this. I had mm. such low self-worth. I thought, who would want me? My arms are fucked. Who's mm. going to want that? And I had that thought at 22. And so I forged ahead with confidence in all the other areas of my life and then watched the horrible romantic journey unfold until I finally then thought, I'm the common denominator like you did. And I was like, uh. maybe I need to take a look at this. And it wasn't until I tackled getting over the shame of my physical disability is that I actually was able to attract the right relationship. So I did have some hits too. And that's the thing is that even if you're watching this, you feel ultra confident, there are still pitfalls. My book is not for people that are just shy and need to gain confidence. It's also to kind of refine and tweak whatever confidence you have already. What, and I think we have to find a way to navigate whatever our thing is. So, right. I was saying like, that self-love thing for me is tough. And what I'm sharing with you is what I've noticed is no matter how much I work on it personally, it doesn't, it's, you know, uh, this, this person I worked with said it was like me grabbing jello. I think of it almost like quicksand. The harder I fight to get out, the more I sink. But what got reflected to me is the antidote for me is to be around other people who can reflect what they see in me. And this is something I avoided for, for so many years. I avoided community. I was like, no, I'd rather be alone. Community is problems. People are problems. People are terrible, right? All of that. And in the last year, two, I've really embraced like getting more connected to community, being around more people, but really choosing those people intentionally, right? Not just like whoever's around. And what I've noticed is the more I pour into the communities, the more they reflect back to me what I can't see about myself. And in that, it, 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 it does what it needs to do to heal that part of me. And I think that's where we, that's another area is like, hey, we all have an area that we're unconfident. We all have an area that we struggle with. Some of us have more than one. Sometimes we can do the work to improve it. And sometimes what we notice is whatever the work we do, almost like on our bodies, you know, that one area of your body that no matter how hard you work, you're like, why can't it be get the way I want? It's like, well, maybe that one area you need a trainer for, or maybe you need a specialist, or maybe there's something going on in the way that you're doing it that you just can't see without someone else. And that is, I think, the a piece that uh, a lot of us don't know. People don't really talk about that. It's like, well, you just got to kind of lean it. It's like, no, you might need to go get something to help you outside of you with that thing. And it might not be like a, a coach. For me, it's community, right? Yeah. And for me, it was my coach of like 17 years who I called. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I realized this huge problem over here, this section and, uh, you know, he was brutally honest with me as I love coaches to be. And, um, it really, I had to work on it. I had to work at it. And you know what? It wasn't fun. It involved a lot of tears. You know what? But I'm laughing now because see the story that I briefly just glossed over about my disability. I couldn't even speak three words of that without sobbing for 20 years, Alex. I couldn't tell anyone that if, if someone hadn't already known that story, that was a part of my life when it happened. I, and I'd have to tell it, I would lose it. I couldn't even, I was so choked up. I couldn't, I couldn't talk about it. And so the fact that I could just, you know, write a chapter in a book and talk about it now with ease makes me laugh, but also makes me 
it's what we're talking about. When you do the work, it works. Let's talk about, I think it ties into this, like speaking your truth. So I, I talk about this a lot with men because men are afraid often. Like the one I hear often is like men will like not tell a woman how they feel about her because it's like, oh, it's giving away all my power. And it's like, dude, so you, so you think strength is like being fearful. It's like, it's such a backwards, right. right? It's like so silly. And I can come up with a million other examples of where we're afraid, where, where men are afraid the like impact or the loss of power. But I think this isn't just a man issue. This is a lot of we, we women and men and everyone else, whoever they identify, like have issues saying what's true for them because of what other people are going to say or the impact or it might not go well. You, to me, are someone who always speaks the truth. How do you, or what do you do, or how have you built that? I don't even know how to ask this. That has you in the toughest scenarios, able to share your truth, even knowing sometimes it might not be received, you know, with flowers and roses. So, uh, because I am very direct and do tell it like it is, my uh, work has been to be more diplomatic about presenting that information, <laughs> as I think all direct communicators have come across. This is something that my mentor, Mark Sisson, uh, I get along very well with straight up direct communicators, but I know that other people are quite offended or feel nervous or um, around us. And because they're just like, wow, it's so, it's, it's, it's so powerful. And I, and I get that, but we're often actually really nice and nothing, nothing we have to say has any like emotional charge with it. We're just direct as shit. So one of the things I've had to learn over the years is like, I can't just open, like if I'm talking to one of my direct friends, I can just pick up the phone and be like, yo, what's up, what you got, right? You know, or if I, it's, I can email one of those friends and be like, oh, hey, grab me that, da, 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 thanks, bye, right? But I can't do that in general because I find that people don't who don't know me or don't understand. So I have to preface things. I have to sprinkle some stuff on the thought. I learned this a long time ago when I was in the corporate world. I would call down to the secretary and be like, oh, hey, Lori, get me da, 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 da. And she was a very sweet soul. And I think it hit her like she mad at me and, you know, it was no emotion. So I realized that every time I called her for something, it was like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's your day? You know, I, look, that's not my jam, man. I want to get right to it. But also, you got to work with the world. Know your audience. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I've had to work on is now when my, my clients come to me, of course, I preface things, but people do come to me because I am direct. People do come to me for my opinion because they know I'm going to tell them the truth. And I would just say on the note of authenticity, it reigns supreme everywhere. And it is one of the top characteristics of confident people. When you tell it like it is, you're really not afraid of what other people have to say. Does that mean you do it all the time? No. Edit yourself. Alex, if I'm at your mom's house for Thanksgiving and she asks me if I think her sweater's cute and I hate it, I'm going to tell her it looks great on her. Get, you know, I mean, come on, right? We're living like... All right. You don't always be honest, you know, don't be a dick. Okay. So I'm, I don't tell it like it is all the time in those kind of scenarios, but for the most part I do. One of the biggest compliments I get is, Hey, you know, I trust your opinion because I know you wouldn't bullshit me. Isn't that so much better than people so walking much. around thinking that you're not going to be giving them the truth? Yeah. I mean, we, it's so funny. I think I, I still have some ways to go in the like, maybe sometimes knowing my audience cause just like you, you know, I will text someone and just ask the question and they'll write back. Um, hello, how are you? Right. And I'm like, what? Like, like, what are we doing? Yeah. I needed to ask you like a two second. I mean, I was just in this cabin, um, up in big bear with a bunch of guys and we were doing like this mini men's retreat. And one of the guys was the chef for the weekend. That was like his role in the retreat in this mini retreat. And at one point we're all sitting there and we're all hanging out and he's cooking. And I just, from 
from random conversation, I just yell out, hey, how long till we eat? And the other guys are like, whoa, like, and I was like, what? And they're like, you know, you could have been like, hey, I'm, I'm curious, but they wanted, right? They wanted it to be like packaged. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't say that I was upset. I didn't say I was angry. I just asked a simple question. How long to eat? If I was cooking and y'all said how long to eat, right? But it's that same thing of there's something, this actually was reflected to me recently in, a, in my relationship was I'm, I have a, there's a disconnect between action and emotion or, or like, or the things I say in emotion that we're able to separate the two. And that's why we're able to be like, I'm able to just text you Hey, yeah. oh, can I, can you share this without all the fluff? Other people, not all or more, just other people, it's combined their emotion and their like action and their emotion is, and so they need that, like, I don't know. It's like that more kind of squishy. Um, yeah, they need some padding, yeah. practicing. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing. I don't like it because I find it really inefficient. You know? I'm, well, I'm with um, you. But, yeah. but, 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 but also, so again, that's one of those things where it's like, like, do I want to do it? Is it really me? No, but is it appropriate? Is it nice? Is it kinder? Is it better for overall communication? Yes. So there are still moments when I have to write an email and I go, ah, yeah. hey, how are you? Hope your weekend was great. All right. So I was wondering, and you know, okay. But it feels so it, inauthentic to me when I, I do that also. And every time I do it, I'm like, oh, this feels, I feel like I'm yeah, so Yeah, that part feels fake to me versus like yeah. just telling it. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. So back to authenticity, it reigns supreme. Um, also back to the vulnerability, you're talking about like what strength being scared to tell a woman how you feel about her. That is what I learned. And it's in the chapter, Shame Disables Confidence in my book, Confident as Fuck, which is when you're an alpha, male or female, it doesn't matter. You don't want to show vulnerability. It's a weakness. It, 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 to us, it's a weakness. We don't want to show any of that. But it's actually the weakest thing in the world to care about what other people think in terms of that. So it's something we have to get over. It was probably one of my biggest challenges and probably all alpha female challenges to be vulnerable and be okay with that. Um, I find that to be the greatest strength as well. Is that to say you should wear your heart on your sleeve until every, whatever's whatever's right for you. You don't have to go do a Facebook Live about your your shame. But you've got to get flat with it somewhere, whether it's with a coach, a therapist, or whatever. And also, I don't know, I just, um, authenticity, pe people see it and they feel it. So, for example, like, I forgot who it was. Someone was telling me, that I, I won't mention the person's name, but they're like a popular person out there in the ether of self-help. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not buying that guy. I'm just not buying it. I don't know. I just, something about it. Don't like, I, there's something inauthentic mm -hmm. about. Now, he could be the most authentic person in the world. Maybe he is. Yeah. That's just my vibe. And so I, I tend to like, I'm very much attracted to, and I mean, not in romantic way, people that are down to earth, real, and tell it like it is. This is, this is really my jam. What I have found is that a lot of my friends, and maybe you have found this too, sometimes you attract people that need what you have and you need what they have. So a lot of my women friends, even though they are confident alphas, they need more of confidence and self-esteem and that type of like badass boundary shit that I can do real easily. And I need more of what they have, which is the softy, squishy, polarity, feminine uh, permission to be that, uh, that, you know, they are, they are better at talking about those things and, and getting me there. You know, it's complimentary. Yeah, I 100%. I'm 100% with you. Let's talk about, I wrote it, I, um, I didn't write it down. I was writing down what I wanted. Oh, I want to talk about dreams and like goals. 
um, so the book that, that you're going to be in my, my book, um, I'm like, what is it called? How dreams are built. <laughs> That'll happen. People are like, what's the subtitle of your book? And I'd be like, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> so how dreams are built. If, if you were going to give us some, like, um, some bullet points on how you believe dreams are built, how you've done it or how you've helped other people do it. Right. Like, what do you think? Like, how do we build our dreams? The foundation is really self-esteem and confidence. What does that mean? That means taking the chisel and scraping the barnacles off of your life, looking at your parents, parental garbage stuff. These are the things I go through in my book, looking at whether you're being a downer, are you hanging out with downers, going through, sifting through, scraping off barnacles. And then at that point in forging ahead, again, you will have the confidence and the self-esteem after doing all of that work to actually speak up right? Promote yourself, whatever it is. And by the way, you need this. I don't care if you're a stay-at-home mom. What if you run and run the PTA? What if you have an issue with, you're going to have to model this for your children. So mm -hmm. when I talk about confidence and self-esteem, you can also be extremely quiet and introverted and extremely confident. In fact, some of the quietest people are. So when I talk about confidence and self-esteem, it's not about being an extrovert or a public speaker or a badass corporate person. You need it in your own personal life to deal with the little things that come up. Like, for example, um, uh, this is a dumb one, but it's a perfect example. Someone gave me a gift from Burberry and I, it was like a bottle of perfume and I, I, I didn't like it. So it was packaged already, but I was like, mm. so I went in to exchange it and they were like, sorry, we can't do this without the receipt. And I'm like, well, it's packaged. The woman went back and forth. Now, here's the thing. I, I knew I'd kind of win this one <laughs> just because of my personality, but I was like, no, because today I'm going to be the exception. Today I'm going to be the exception. And I said, now you have to have confidence. She was yeah. actually pushing pretty hard back on the fact that they were going to do it. And then finally, of course, what do you think happened? I'll make an exception for you. And I wanted to look at her and be like, of course you will. I knew that would happen when we started this conversation. You weren't going to beat me down. But a lot of other people would have just said, okay, and left. I kept questioning it. I'm like, why would you not accept a return from a shrink-wrapped packaged product that has been brought in to do that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever if it was open you know and i went through the thing those are the little things in life that actually take confidence and also you're up against this was a real strong personality this manager of this store and she had a absolute like deadpan poker face like she wasn't having it and so it doesn't matter if you're a public speaker in those situations or you're whatever you know a corporate leader you need confidence to navigate every part of life I love so once you get it, you move forward. And then I think I would say that it's putting oneself out there, right? Because you have to then go ask for the promotion or you have to go sign up for the music school because you finally admitted you want to be a cellist or like whatever the thing is. So you have to take then action. And that involves, again, confidence, speaking up and self-promotion. So you got to start somewhere and it's building the confidence and self-esteem. And maybe along the ways, it's small little bits. Maybe at first you're going to hide behind social media and post your paintings. Maybe you're going to get a little bolder down the road and then go meet the gallery owner in person. You know, I mean, so it's all stages. It's all possible. And it is literally the way I have become successful. And I can't even tell you how many of my dreams have come true. Unreal stuff has come true in my life. So many different things. And so I am a believer that it's possible for anyone. I just love the I am the exception. Like that attitude in itself. I talk a lot about becoming someone who is unreasonable. Yeah, it's completely that. reasonable to be like, oh, you don't accept the return. Totally fine, right? You wouldn't have been a bad person or a lame. Like, it just would have been like, oh, okay. 
And there's people that would say, you know, I don't want to be difficult or I don't, which is also totally fine, right? Like it's, it's okay if you want your like things to be, I often say like, I want my life to be really easy. Like I want things, that th I know the things that really matter won't often be easy, but I want the rest of stuff to be easy. But I think that if you're going to, if there's something you really want, it's going to require some version or some moment of becoming unreasonable. And I think that what I, I love the way you said it, like I'm going to be the exception and that applies to everything. You want to be a professional athlete? Well, the odds are you're not going to do it. So you're going to have to be the exception. You That's want right. to find a, the love of your life that you don't get divorced? That You're going to be the exception because most marriages end in divorce, right? Like anything great, you're going to actually be the exception. And I just love that, that like, it's almost like I want to write that on the wall. I am the exception. Yeah. Right? Because the odds are always against you for anything, any dream that we have. Or it could be something small, like this happened the other day where uh, uh, someone I know is dating someone and they were like, wow, I was just looking at them on my couch and I was like, how did like this person, like it's really into me, like how did I score this? And I was like, you know, that's interesting. I would turn that around. How the fuck did they score you? You're pretty awesome. And he goes, you know what? I, never, I don't, you're right. I never, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, please, please just get that in your, I'm glad I just put that in your head. Keep thinking that. So, you know, we have little moments like that through life and you have to turn it around and see what's the opposite of a thing that you are attributing to being lucky for, or is it maybe something else too, that you can reflect a positive thing, right? Because in that moment, he's like, you know, you're right. I am awesome. Yeah. You are hot. You're awesome. You're a great boyfriend. What do you, he's like, you're yeah. right. I am. And I was like, yeah. You know, but again, we we tend to outside of ourselves. We tend to outside reflecting in. And I'm more of like, what do I think of me? What you think of you is really the most important thing ever. Yeah. And and someone would go, well, Al, I mean, you know, you you want a good reputation in business. You want people to buy your books or your courses. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm not going to go out there and say a bunch of offensive stuff or whatever. Okay. You know, sure. We're all professional and we we understand that. But at the end of the day, um, I wouldn't care if you didn't. When I published my first book. Uh, well, it was published for me, but I remember uh, the first week, a couple of people were like, are you like looking on Amazon at reviews? And like, are you? And I was like, oh my God, no, because that is such resistance. And also that's like, do people like me? Do people like me? Oh my God, let me have, is there evidence of people like, I don't care if you like me. All I cared was that at the very minimum, my publisher made their money back and I helped at least one person. Now I've helped thousands. It became a bestseller. That's great. But that was my attitude at the time. I don't care. I'm proud of myself that I wrote this book. I don't give a shit if anyone reads it. But I do hope they make their money back. So I hope some people read it to pay them back because that was a nice risk they took on me to publish that book. And if I could just help one person. Yeah. Other people are, do they, do they? And then after a while, there was like 500 five-star reviews up there. And someone was like, you know, I haven't even read any of your reviews. And I was like, oh my God, I should probably go back and do that. Um, and I believe it was successful and the scales were tipped because I had no resistance to the success of it mm. by seeking and hoping and thinking. Um, I've gotten plenty, plenty of accolades since then and they keep going, coming and because I expect it and also I'm proud of my work. I would say the other thing too is when people go along this journey and talking about authenticity, don't copy people. Do you know how many people have copied me already? I can't tell you how many people. My first book, The Paleothyroid Solution, has a tagline that says, stop feeling fat, foggy, and fatigued at the hands of uninformed doctors. One person put Stop feeling fo frazzled, foggy, and fatigued. Another person who's a thyroid, she, and I saw on her website, she's got something that's very similar, like stop feeling, you know. And I was like, be original, motherfuckers. Like, you know, and I am original. 
and I don't look at other people's stuff. So if you are looking for that, I don't know that you're going to reap the benefits of success as you would if you were authentically con making content or authentically putting oneself out there. It's not, to, look, I didn't have that thing trademarked. No one copied it. It's similar. Am I flattered? Sure. I don't even care. It's not competition. I just find it funny and it wouldn't be something I would do <laughs> personally. You know, I would never look at someone and say, oh, that sounds good. Let me do something just like that, but switch one word. Like I, that to me is like, eh, I do my own thing. You know what I mean? Because I'm confident and proud of my own creation. So I think that that's important for everyone to move forward. Don't be looking at what other people are doing. Uh, I'm sure, Alex, you've had this too. Both of us, you design programs or courses and you're like, what are people doing? How much are people charging? And it's nice to look and see how people are setting up some stuff. And you might go, oh, I like the way they're running that masterclass. I think I might want to do that one that way. But at the end of the day, what do you want to do? And that's what I found out. And I think you have probably found out too as a coach, how do you want to do it? And what do you want to do? How that's do you true. want to do your retreats? They're going to be different. I know your retreats are retreats for people that hate retreats. Yeah. Because you're going to do them differently. And I hate yeah. retreats. So I would probably love your retreat if it were for men and women, because I also don't like retreats uh, for a lot of the reasons you probably eliminated from yours. So um, anyway, hope hope some of that resonates. Well, it reminds me of... Um... You know Rick Rubin, right? You know Rick Rubin is. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, for people who don't know, so I, I didn't. I'm not a. I'm not a musical. That's not my area of expertise. But Rick Rubin for uh, is probably the most famous music producer of all time. Like he has developed more top bands and artists than anyone ever. And he he recently wrote a book. But I was listening to a podcast that he was on. He taught, and they were talking about music and creativity. And he goes. Um, if you're just copying what someone else is doing, he's like, I don't have any judgment. Nothing wrong with that. Totally fine. I get it. You want to make money. So if you're just like a, let's just say like a boy band, like a cut and paste, he goes, I just don't view that as an art. I view that as a commodity, right? We're just packaging something and putting it out there. And he goes, and that's fine. And he goes, uh, art to me is, is self-expression, which cannot be copied. And he's also like, it also can't be good or bad. So he's like, there is no music that is bad because no, it's because simply somebody someone loves that song that you hate. And even if, and even if no one does, even if the artist, it was their form of self-expression and he was, you know, and he was talking about this and I really love what he was saying is, is neither one is better music, this art or commodity is not better or worse than the other. They just have different purposes. One is to sell and one is expression. Now the expression one can also sell. Right. Which is right when you have like a really big hit or something. You can have both in one, but not in the other. Exactly. And I heard that and I was like, right, I'm not a musician, but I was thinking to all of my work and I'm like, man, this applies to everything. The way I podcast, the way I do my books, right? Like they are all just an expression of me. This podcast is an expression of me. My books, my courses, my retreats are an expression of me. If I'm trying to figure out how does Elle do her podcast? Cause she does it really good. Totally fine. But now it's not an expression of me, right? Now it's just a commodity. And I would and I would beg to argue that the person who would be doing that, you are going to feel, you're going to know, you're going to know, you're going to know, yeah. and yeah. you're going to have an insecurity that develops from your knowing of that. And um, yeah, I, I had one. Okay, this is this is amazing. There was a fellow podcaster who. Uh, they wanted to, they were going to interview someone that I had already interviewed, but I hadn't released the, 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 I hadn't published the episode yet. And they actually emailed me and go, Hey, can I by any chance get 
like the recording from that so I can see what kind of questions you asked them. And I thought, I mean, I look, I mean, I this is where I held back. I wanted to be like, are you fucking kidding me? What kind of shit <laughs> podcaster are you? And also what? Be original. What else? How, why would you ask? I'm not having published any one like episodes you can copy and see what I asked the guy so you can gerrymander your. Uh, uh, I mean, like, that was just to me, like, no, dude, like, do your own shit. Like, no, you know what I mean? Um, I, so I find that, I find that kind of funny. People trying to, yeah, copy stuff. Um, the other thing too is like AI. So with the advent of like AI, ChatGPT, OpenAI, people are like, oh my God, this is great. Like, you could write a book in 48 hours. Yeah, you could, and it's going to be garbage. Uh, yeah. And the reason it's going to be garbage is because of what you just said. You know what AI can't do? Give you examples that I gave you. Yeah. It can't give you real-life examples, which is what people connect to yeah. in any kind of sp public speaker. When public speakers speaking, you connect because of the relation of a story or something they're telling you. Um, and the same goes with self-help. In fact, my book, Confident as Fuck, I didn't want to make like all the other confidence books, which was just like a list of acronyms and exercises. People learn by give me a juicy, specific example that AI can't do. So what you're going to find is there are going to be a lot of people busting out a bunch of like rote, cut and paste type of garbage that doesn't have the expression along with it, this authentic from yourself. And in that way, you might not be as successful as a coach or a speaker if you cannot draw from that. There's a there's a doctor out there who's a health author, and I know someone who worked for them, and they said she doesn't know any of her content, like, at all. Like, they mm -hmm. just might have had a marketing person take her over and blow her yeah. up, and but then she's interviewed, and she has no idea what to say, or mm -hmm. it's very base. So if you're out there, I think what you can, I mean, you listen to people like Alex and I, you can easily discover that there's authenticity there and real-life experience and um we we know the subjects of which we're talking about. We're not just like reading, like, you know, WebMD, uh, you know, or like a Wikipedia <laughs> page or whatever, you know. And so that's the other part of that, too, that's coming. I think it's going to come into play now because everyone's like, oh, good. Now I have AI. I can write a whole book in 48 hours and it'll be the worst, most boring book anyone will have ever read unless and you actually take your hand to the paper and you you zhuzh it up or do something to it. And I think there are just to to play with this. There are some good uses for it, right? Never, nothing is all good or all bad. I have had some fantastic great, uses. Yeah, I've had some really cool brainstorming sessions with AI where I'm like, "Can you come up with a title for right?" And it kicks 100%. me to it, and it's like, "Oh wait, that doesn't work." Oh wait, I could take that and I could modify it. And I think like I love what you're saying, like knowing, like getting present to sure it can make something easier, but. And sometimes easier is great, right? There's things in our life that don't matter, you know, that, that are like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't know. I don't find, know. Me or, find me a PubMed article that shows that hypothyroidism. Yeah, I don't need to look at the internet forever for that. Give me the link. Yeah. yeah. There, are th there are things that can be really simple. And I think though that's where like um, our technology can be really helpful. And there's, there's other things that technology can do. But in this type of way, yeah, we got to be careful because we're, it's like we're selling out our, our truth or our authenticity for ease. And, and I think there's going to be a lot more not skilled or not capable coaches, writers, and other people out there with the advent of this. How do you discover whether mm. they're legit or not? Hear them speak. Yeah, yeah. Hear them speak. Yeah. Because you might use AI for a title. I might use AI to do a meta description for a blog post. Absolutely, I'm going to use that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to yeah. sit there and 
figure that out. Fifty <laughs> characters. I mean, well, I could, but yeah, again, that's just like matter. extra. Yeah. It's extra brain stuff. I don't need to do. It doesn't matter. It's a meta. So, it's like a meta. It doesn't change yeah. anyone's life. It makes no difference. It doesn't change yeah. anyone's life. Um. So, so I think that that's the key. It's like this, you could be reading people's websites. Is so like before you take the course, before like listen to them, hear what they have to say. Are there words and is their demeanor matching up with the copy they pasted on their website that we don't know where it came from? So, you know, that's part of it. And again, I think I think it's not good or bad. I just uh, on the level of creation versus commodity that yeah. that's come up in the ether these days uh, with the AI stuff. And I think that there's, uh, you know, I mean, like, for example, like me or Rod, like you couldn't AI me like no one can be me. They could I mean, try. Not yet. Maybe, maybe one day, but not yet. Maybe one day. I mean, they could try, but it yeah. would it would look like a weird impersonation unless they did have my similar personality. And there's other people yeah. that do have that. I'm authentically me and people like me for that uniqueness. And so I would say, please embrace your own uniqueness. Yeah. Um, and if you don't think you're unique, you are in some way. You just don't know. It's just uh, other people will probably show you how. And even, you know, it's funny when you say that, even if we found a great like comedian or actor to do an, like a, uh, to pretend to be you, that is creative expression, right? Even though they're copying you, the way in which they copy you, yeah. it's, it's not actually like coded. It can't be perfect. It's their, it's their perception of you. And so it's it, even in that, right? The a, an AI trying to write like I write is going to figure out a formula, right? Whereas a human, there's no, I can't figure out a formula for how to, to, to do you. It's, it's almost like why we get right. to see, which is so great. You know, when we get to see uh, on SNL, different people play yeah. the same, like the different actors do the same impersonations of different famous people or, or presidents or whatever. And they all do it a little different because there is no cup and, and they're not one necessarily better than other but they're both highlighting different things through how they perceive. Yeah. Um, this is really fun. I, didn't, I don't even know how we got here. Um, let me ask you, before we kind of get to the end of this, what is the thing that you, if you could wave a magic wand right now and you could give everyone listening to this like one new superpower, like what superpower would you give them? Oh my gosh. I mean, I would literally give them the gift of self-esteem and confidence because from there, everything is possible. It doesn't matter if it's like leadership, success, um, personal relationships. If you're not confident, don't have self-esteem, how are you going to draw on a boundary with someone you're dating? How are you going to, and what even on the opposite side of a boundary, are you going to tolerate patronizing behavior and other things? Like you have to speak up. So everything really stems from confidence and self-esteem. From the bedroom to the boardroom, you're not going to get what you want without it. So I would say, please work on that. And for everyone, I do have a free confidence masterclass uh, that you can do. It's like a 90 minute video of me giving like a bunch of those specific examples so that you can learn through like real life things that you can relate to. And that's free. Um, but that that would be what I would say is like work on the self-esteem and confidence um, issues that you have in your life, because from there will open the immense opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I totally agree with you. I um I I use uh integrity as my it's like integrity is my um is my like navigator. It like shows that I'm on course, but like self-esteem, confidence is like the gasoline that powers the 
right? Because self-esteem and confidence, to me, at least for, for someone like yes. me, could go off and I could get out of integrity. And integrity kind of keeps the ship. It keeps the ship inside of the, you know, the boundaries that, like you said, in a way. That's a great way to put it. And also, I think um, <clears throat> because people who, for example, if you're a people pleaser, which means you're very afraid of how other people may or may not react to you, then you're going to lie and manufacture and pretend to be someone you're not so that other people like you. What is that? That's straight up fucking lying. Is that out of integrity? No. <laughs> right. So, so you're right. Like it, it can working on that piece keeps you integrity. If you fall out of it, you probably have somewhere like, you know, you need to work within that arena. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, for me, if I sense that I'm getting a little choked up in the throat, like, like a choked up, like a can't speak up. That's my, that's my indication of like, mm -mm, something's wrong here. Something's wrong. Get the feeling, you know, because for me, it was that issue with vulnerability. So I usually get choked up in those situations and I have to work through it. I have to go, no, you have to be vulnerable right now. I'm sorry. Tough shit. Tough shit. This was your problem. You're never, you're going to keep coming against it unless you, and then I move forward. You know what I mean? And so it gets easier and easier each time, as you know, like with all of these things, but it is the work. And I can just say that it's profoundly changed my life, you know? Absolutely. I think that's great that you know where like you're off. Like mine is righteousness, where I push my boldness, my boldness, my knowing like too far. Right. And that's where yeah. I and, and that creates all the problems I have in relationships or whatnot. Whereas I go, would I know it? So then it's like, oh, okay, wait, there's a line, there's a boundary between my confidence and my my self-esteem and and my boldness that gets outside where now I'm actually not confident. I'm being arrogant, right? Like I've, I've stepped outside of that boundary. And knowing that is great because then we can, re that's how we improve, right? We have to like know where we slip because all of us slip in different areas in different ways. Um, how do we, how do you, I know you're on social media, you have the El Rush show, your podcast. How do our, our listeners, you know, how do you want them to track you down? Where do you want them to find you? Yeah. So I am most is active on Instagram, but I'm on all the social media channels. You know, you can just go to lrust.com. For those interested in free, free masterclasses, I've got a free thyroid masterclass and a free confidence masterclass. I also have a bunch of free guides. You can click on free stuff on the tab and access that. And then I've got um, the ultimate confidence course and the ultimate thyroid course. So if you want a direct link to the masterclasses, you can go to just freethyroidmasterclass.com or freeconfidencemasterclass.com. And so those are both videos, very extensive. I wanted to make them really juicy and in-depth so that, you know what, here's the thing, like, yeah, it's nice to sell books and stuff. I don't care. I also want you to be confident and have self-esteem. Sometimes, you know, maybe even watching the free masterclass will get you there. I mean, I, that's wonderful. Then go ahead, go do it. So uh, that's another thing too, Alex, back with integrity and authenticity and whether people are doing where people are like, don't make it too long. You don't want to give people too much. Make them cut. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give them as much as I want to give them. And I'm going to give them a lot because I want to help people for free as well. So there is great free stuff on my website. Yeah. And you have books, multiple books, the podcast there's, and if you just put your name into Spotify or excuse me, or Apple yeah. uh, podcasts you've been on show up, there's, there's so much, so many ways that you've put yourself out there to help people, especially in the, especially in this health, like the thyroid space is you are a, uh, a master in that area and can really make a difference for people. Absolutely. Oh, thanks for being here. Um, thanks for always. Thank you and congratulations. And I'm so honored to be in your book Thank and you. I can't wait to promote it and read it. And I know some of our other fellow coach buddies are in there like Rob Mack and some people. So yeah. I'm excited to see what they had to say. Well, this, thanks for being your true authentic self. Thanks for like, you know, you say this to me, but it is so much fun to do this. I, 
I wish not, I don't want to AI or carbon copy you, but I, but maybe you should create a course for how to be fun on a podcast and <laughs> how to, how to bring levity, fun, ease and boldness and facts all at the same time. Um, it's just, it's so great to have you here and do, and do this with you. We'll have, we'll definitely do it many more times. Um, yeah, thanks. you as well. Thanks so much. And, and you know what, Tim, we're listening. Like, I mean, just keep hanging out with Alex. You know, I, what I love about you is that you are even, you know, you fall on your sword a lot, which I like you, you will admit a weakness. Mm. This is uh, one of the, I'm getting goosebumps right now because this is something that uninformed doctors in the thyroid world don't do. They have too much ego. I got a degree. I went 10 years to medical school. Therefore, I know everything, right? And so I love that about you, uh, coaching men, being an alpha, being in that, but also being a tender alpha and being open to vulnerability. And I think that that's wonderful. And we need more men who can express themselves like that. So you're awesome. Thanks. Thanks. I love that you said that, that fall on your short a lot. I've never had somebody say that, but I, I do. It feels important to... It feels important to like say, hey, I fucked up or I was wrong or I tried this thing and I failed because I just, we live in a world where all we see is everyone's highlight reel and it's not helping any of us. So. And don't you feel as you get older, it really is true. And I'm sure everyone listening has heard this, but it is true. As you get older, you're like, you give, you, you care less and you're just more like, you know what? I'm just going to say it because you really do want to help people and you realize that falling on the sword and admitting it is the way to do it. It also just feels true, you know, to like say, hey, I tried, I created this program and no, not one person bought it. Feels like, you know why it sucks when you create a program and no one buys it? Because you think everyone that creates a program, everyone buys it. So when you, so you're everyone, you know, there's 50,000 people sitting at home, no one bought their program and they're all like, I suck. I'm a piece of shit. I curated the psychics program. Not knowing there's 49,999 other people out there who had the exact same thing happen. And it's like, we're all... And then even on that note, we know someone who launched a course, nothing, launched a course. It wasn't until her fifth launch. Now she's, you know, living and working in Costa Rica in a mansion. Okay, for real. So she kept going again, failure feedback. She was like, that's okay. Keep doing it. I already created it. Let's keep putting it out there. She didn't let it defeat her. So, yeah. Yeah, So thanks for saying that. Thanks for being here. We will talk again soon. And uh, to the listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Check, look for, I don't know if it'll be out exactly when this comes out, but uh, keep your eye out for how dreams are built uh, and keep an eye on El Russ. And I will talk. see you next time on the Dream Mason podcast. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a Dream Mason because your dreams don't build themselves.